Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome. This is your host, author and international speaker, Beverly Fells Jones. Each episode, we will discuss how to expand your world of thought, explore the world of positive thinking, law of attraction, and consciousness from many points of view. I truly believe that you have been given the power to create the life that you desire. Therefore, it is my intention to share with you information and guests that will enlighten and empower you in your life. I'm here to encourage you to think in the positive and show that miracles can happen. So let's get started. Hello, 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 and welcome to the podcast, to my show. Yes, this is Beverly Fells Jones, your silver fox of consciousness, coming to you on another glorious, wonderful spring day. It is wonderful each and every time I get to go outside and feel the sun on my skin, feel the warmth of that bright sunlight. And think about all the vitamin D3 I'm soaking up. <laughs> yes, finally, we've got some spring weather. Finally, it's nice enough to go outside. And I've talked about my garden before. So I've got tomatoes planted again. I've got those in their nice big self-watering pots. I'm loving this. So I'm going to see how that works this year. And hopefully I'll make a video and put that on my YouTube channel. By the way, my YouTube channel is under my name, Beverly Fells Jones. Come join me, subscribe, and uh, turn on the little bell to be notified for when I do start uploading videos again. I took a hiatus from that also. Now, today I am just excited because as I started going through the lesson for today, I I went inside myself. I went inside and realized that I needed to ask myself some questions. And I'm going to ask you those questions too. And I put them in the description. Basically, have you blindly followed a belief for years or even months or days simply because it was what you were taught? I know I have. I know I have done it many times. And then... When curiosity got to me and I started studying 
and I would find out either it wasn't true, it was partially true, or it was based on something that was a superstition that people had long before we had the scientific capabilities that we have today. And then I changed my mind about certain things. So have you turned your curiosity off and allowed dogma, gurus, pundits, or other leaders or other people lead you down a path without question? Have you ever wondered where they got their knowledge? Where they got what they are teaching you or selling you or talking you into becoming part of? I know there are many things that we look at and we see and we think we know the truth or we think we know what we're doing and in reality um, we've been blinded. I've got some friends that no matter what I say and what truth, fact, I show them, they still are going to go on their own path. And then they may look at me and say, why are you doing this? You know, this is what it should be. And, ah. Uh, not really. I learned a lot by delving deeper into gardening and looking at, and I kept saying, something's missing in these books. What's missing in these books? Or I really can, I can do compost this way, or I have to do composting this way, or I have to put this much fertilizer down. Oh, I can't use chemical fertilizer. I only can use compost. I get, so it depends on the person that's showing you or teaching you. And so instead of just blindly following, I mean, I did the things, but I made my own notes. I made my own observations of how things grew and what grew and when they grew and all of those kinds of things. I'm a quilter, which I've mentioned before, and I learned the basic techniques and I learned how things work. But when some people told me, well, this color goes with this color, that this can go for clothing. I used to make all my own clothes, but you look at the combination of things and some guru is going to tell you this is this you know one of the things the gurus have said is plaids and stripes and flowers can go together I still have a problem with that yeah there are some that really look good but I still have a problem with that anyway but I'm going off on, on a tangent here but I think you understand what I'm talking about so today we are exploring chapter 31 of this mystical life of ours by Ralph Waldo Trine and that title of that chapter is called let there be many windows in your soul so today before we get started let's take a few minutes and just relax 
and just take some deep breaths in and out. And remember, if you're driving or operating machinery, please either pull over or wait until you have gotten to your destination in a time when you can just sit, relax, close your eyes, and take a deep breath in and then let it out. Starting at the top of your head, you are relaxing all the muscles of your body. The more you resist relaxing, the more your body wants to relax. Your body will tell you how to relax. Now, some of you may have been so tense for so long, it becomes very difficult in your mind to relax. But all you have to do is stop. Just put your feet on the floor. Let your legs rest on the chair or the couch or the seat, wherever you are. Just let your shoulders lean to the back and just rest. Continue to breathe slowly and just allow your body to slump. That's it. Just let it, right? And just relax. And you'll find that you're able to relax your face and your neck and your shoulders. And it just feels like relaxation is pouring from the top of your head. And it's just going down to each one of your pieces of your body and just relaxing each one. So we've got our shoulders and our chest and our back and our upper arms and our lower arms and our wrist and our hands, our abdomen, my lower back or your lower back, your hips, your thighs, your knees. Just feel that relaxation going down to your calves, your ankles, and your feet. And as that relaxation flows, all the tension in your body is just flowing down, down, down into the floor, dispersing out into the ground and allowing your body to relax. You have absolutely nothing to do except relax and listen to my voice. In whatever manner relaxation feels to you, it is right. Anytime you want to come to this physical and mental state, just say the word relax three times and just sit, breathe in and out, and you will return to this state easily. So silently repeat after me, every day, in every way, I am better, better, and better. Negative thoughts and words have no power over me at any level of mind. Relaxing is so beneficial. As you continue to relax, you know what it feels like to be relaxed. I'm going to count from one to five. Just bring yourself up as out of it as much as you like. 
And when I get to the count of five, you'll be wide awake and feeling rested and relaxed. So one, two, three, four, five. Wide awake, feeling fine, feeling better than before. So, what makes a person wise? Is it the amount of schooling they've received or their life experiences? Is it because they've got gray hair on their head? You know, I had a friend of mine, when we were teenagers, she was already turning gray. So, what causes you to listen to what a person says and act on it? We have all followed the advice of our parents, relatives, our friends, you know, at some time or other in our lives, and we found it was good, and we found that it may not have been exactly what we needed. But I want you to ask yourself, why do you follow the counsel of others? And there's one that just popped into my head. Why do you follow the counsel of others even if it doesn't feel right inside. We've all done that. And sometimes we went, oh, I'm so glad I listened. And other times I should have listened to my body. I should have listened to what it was saying to me because I shouldn't have done that. So today's podcast now, I'm discovering discussing chapter 31 of Ralph Waldo Trine's This Mystical Life of Ours. And by the way, it was published in 1907. For those of you who are new to this podcast, just let me say that I use the old masters. Ralph Waldo Trine, Wallace Waddles, Ernest Holmes, and a number of others. Neville Goddard, a lot of those. And what I've found as I've read them, and then I experiment, that there is such a profound truth in what they were teaching at that time that it is still true today. And that is why I share this with you. This is why I take the time to go through this. Instead of finding just something willy-nilly or talking about what's going on in the world today, I want to share with you things that will make you wise, that will have you thinking about the things that you do, the words that come out of your mouth, the choices that you make. I want to equip you with the right thoughts in your mind that will allow you to move forward in your life. Now, Mr. Trine was born in 1866, and he left this world in 1958. He lived a long time. And he is one of the most widely read of all the New Thought writers of his time. He was a philosopher. He's been termed a mystic, 
a teacher, and an author of many books. I've got a lot of them in my library. He was educated at Carthage College Academy and Knox College, graduating in 1891. And then he studied at the University of Wisconsin and later at John Hopkins University in the field of history and political science. I would like to call him a wise man. So let's go to chapter 31. And of course, I'm going to interject as I'm reading to you. But I want you to think about this teaching that he's giving us. And he begins. He who would enter into the realm of wisdom must first divest himself of all intellectual pride. He must become as a little child. And this reminds me of the scriptures, right? That tells us we must become as little children. So he goes on. He says prejudices, preconceived opinions, and beliefs always stand in the way of true wisdom. Conceited opinions are always suicidal in their influences. They bar the door to the entrance of truth. So that's why I asked you the questions I did at the beginning of this podcast. How do you, who do you follow and why do you follow them? Where did you get your knowledge? So he goes on. All about us, we see men in the religious world, in the world of science, in the political, in the social world, who through intellectual pride are so wrapped in their own conceits and prejudices that larger and later revelations of truth can find no entrance to them. And instead of growing and expanding, they are becoming dwarfed and stunted and still more incapable of receiving truth. Instead of actively aiding in the progress of the world, they are as so many dead sticks in the way that would retard the wheels of progress. Okay, so who do you know that you have called a know-it-all? They know so much that they are never open to learning new things or even the possibility that what they had learned in the past is no longer true. I think about the fact that when I first started in computers, what you have in a laptop took an entire warehouse. That programs were done on punch cards. But the world changed. No more punch cards. What's on your laptop is a huge amount of data. But there are people who are still in the old times who were, who were 
brought kicking and screaming into this world. They wanted to stay on that punch card. And they didn't think that just typing something in would work. When I first looked at uh, the stock market, there was ticker tapes. I don't know if you've watched any of the old movies that talked about the stock market. People got their information on these little yellow pieces of paper that came out of the machine, and they were called ticker tapes. So, a lot of these people, they, the people before, before there was uh, planes flying all the time, there were people who said no. There were people who didn't think about an automobile that, you know, horses would be around forever. Now, I'm going back a ways, but there are things happening today. Let's talk climate change, where people who've got their head in the stand and they say, no, we stay the same way. Others are moving forward and saying, we've got to go this way. And he goes on. I'll reread the last sentence I said. Instead of actively aiding in the progress of the world, they are so there are so many dead sticks in the way that would retard the wheels of progress. This, however, they can never do. Such always in time get bruised, broken, and left behind, while God's triumphal car of truth move steadily onward. So those who didn't believe that an automobile could ever take over from horse and carriage or horse and buggy got left behind. And some lost everything because they still believed that they had to take care of horses or whatever. Instead of the blacksmith learning about cars, he said, I still got to shoe my horses. I've got a good business here. And I don't know that for sure. I'm just guessing. And he goes on, he says, and here's a good example. When the steam engine was still being experimented with, and yes, there was a time, you know, where steam engines weren't. In fact, some early cars were that. All right. When the steam engine was still being experimented with, and before it was perfected sufficiently to come into practical use, a well-known Englishman, well known then in scientific circles, wrote an extended pamphlet proving that it would be impossible for it ever to be used in ocean navigation, that is, in a trip involving the crossing of the ocean, because it would be utterly impossible for any vessel to carry with it sufficient coal for the use of its furnace. So yes, back then steam engines used water and coal. However, the interesting feature of the whole matter was that the very first steam vessel that made the trip from England to America had among its cargo a part of the first edition of this carefully prepared pamphlet. So it was the pamphlet that said that this could never happen. So there was only one edition. Uh, many editions might be sold now just for the laughter of it, right? This seems indeed an amusing fact, but far more amusing is the man, listen to this, the man who voluntarily closes himself 
to truth because it does not come through conventional or orthodox or heretofore accepted channels. I'm going to say that again. Far more amusing is the man who voluntarily closes himself to truth because it does not come from conventional or orthodox or heretofore accepted channels or because it may not be in full accord with or possibly may be opposed to established uses, usages or beliefs. You know, many people turn things off. Oh, well, we've never done that before. I was watching a, a, a movie, and at this moment, the name of it is just not there. In fact, it was probably a movie I happened to turn on, but it was an old movie. And it was talking about doctors years ago. And this was a hospital in England. And in one part of the hospital was the cadavers and where they did autopsies. And there was a poor part of the hospital where poor women came to have their babies. The nurses kept trying to tell the doctors to wash their hands before they came in to deliver the babies. They were coming straight from the autopsy room. And the doctors laughed at them because they said there are things on your hands that hurt these women because there was a high death rate in this section. Women would they didn't want to come there to have their baby because they knew that either they or their baby, or both of them, would possibly die. The doctors refused to believe there was such things as germs, because they couldn't see them. And so it took forever before the doctors realized they needed to wash their hands before leave. I mean, to me, common sense would say, you just were with a dead body, just wash your hands. Cleanliness, religious belief, cleanliness, but they didn't do it because they had it in their head. They knew everything, right? Well, one of the things I got while researching this was in this chapter, Ralph Waldo Trine quoted parts of a poem. However, unfortunately, he didn't put the person's name who wrote it, and so I did my investigating, and it was written by a woman, Ella Wheeler Wilcox, of his time. And this po poem was written and is part of a book, Poems by Her, that was copyrighted in um, 1910, but obviously she had it before then out in another book but this particular one was there and it's called progress and it's and it the first line in this poem is the title of his chapter let there be many windows to your soul so i'm going to read this to you now by ella Will willer wilcox let there be many windows to your soul that all the glory of the universe may beautify it. 
Not the narrow pane of one poor creed can catch the radiant rays that shine from countless sources. Tear away the blinds of superstition. <laughs> yeah, there I go. Tear away the blinds of superstition. Let the light pour through fair windows broad as truth itself and as high as God. Why should the spirit peer through some priest's curtain orifice and grope along dim corridors of doubt when all the splendor from unfathomed seas of space might bathe it with the golden waves of love? Sweep up the debris of decaying faiths. Sweep down the cobwebs of worn-out beliefs and throw your soul wide open to the light of reason and knowledge. Tune your ear to all the wordless music of the stars and to the voice of nature, and your heart shall turn to truth and goodness as the plant turns to the sun. A thousand unseen hands reach down to help you to their peace-crowned heights, and all the forces of the firmament shall fortify your strength. Be not afraid to thrust aside half-truths and grasp the whole. Do not be afraid to grasp the truth. Do not. Get away from your blinds of superstition and let the light pour through your fair windows. Be open. Be open to the truth. Be open to have a crack in your facade to allow that truth to come inside of you. Do not be afraid. Mr. Trine continues, There is a great law in connection with the coming of truth. It is this. Whenever a man or a woman shuts himself or herself to the entrance of truth on account of, and when I read this, I asked myself, do I have any of these? And if I do, I need to find a way to open myself up. But here's what he says. So, shuts himself or herself to the entrance of truth on account of intellectual pride, preconceived opinions, prejudices, or whatever other reason. There is a great law which says that truth in its fullness will come to that one from no source. So, they won't see it. When you let your pride or your preconceived notions, you know, your your ideas that, oh, this will never work, this can't be, or the steamship won't go from one side of the ocean to the other, we wouldn't be able to do it. If you close your mind out, you will not get truth from any source. Or as he says, truth in its fullness will come to that one from no source. So you won't get it. On the other hand, when a man or a woman opens himself or herself fully to the entrance of truth from whatever source it may come, 
There is an equally great law that says the truth will flow into him or to her from all sources, from all quarters. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you shall find. But the truth of that statement is that whatever you ask for and you seek, you'll find. You'll find the negative if that's what you're looking for. You'll find the positive if that's what you're looking for. You will find that you are right or you are wrong if that is what you're open to. Be open. Find that crack inside of your soul that is searching and is hungry for knowledge. He goes on. Such becomes the free man, the free woman. I like that, free. For it is the truth that makes us free. And we've all heard that. But sometimes we ignore it. The other remains in bondage, for truth has had no invitation and will not enter where it is not fully and freely welcomed. And where truth is denied entrance, the rich blessings it carries with it cannot take up their abode. So it can't live. If you're not there, open to receive the truth, no matter where it comes from. It might come from someone that you, you really can't abide. Or someone that has disappointed you in the past. Or someone that has a different belief from you but you listen and you find out that they they have given you a great truth be open on the contrary on the contrary when this is the case it sends an envoy carrying with it okay let me start again here so we so we stay in context and where truth is denied entrance, the rich blessings it carries with it cannot take up their abode. On the contrary, when this is the case, it sends an envoy carrying with it a trophy, atrophy, <laughs> disease, death, physically and spiritually, as well as intellectually. And the man who would rob another of his free and unfettered search for truth, who would stand as the interpreter of truth for another with the intent of emanating in this position rather than endeavoring to lead him to the place where he can be his own interpreter is more to be shunned than a thief and a robber. The injury he works is far greater for he is doing direct and positive injury to the very life of the one he thus holds. And I want to say to this, when someone says, don't listen to that person, they're, they're well, let's use today's term, they're fake. They're not telling you what I want you to hear, because that's what's happening. Don't listen to that person, because they're not teaching you what I'm teaching you. Don't listen to that because what they're they're going to teach you is 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 a different way of doing this. 
let me say, a different way of gardening, a different way of sewing, a different way of cooking, a different way of driving your car, a different way to go camping, a different way of whatever it is that of believing in yourself. I'm telling you the truth, but they're telling you you can be anything you want, but you have to listen to me. I'm telling you you can be what you want, but based on what I'm teaching you. Be open. Let the crack comes in. Let that crack open and just start searching, just like I searched for the poem and found the original person of the poem. I've done this many times. I've gone searching for something and found out, oh, They've been quoting that quote, and that quote is wrong. They've been telling that story. That story's not true. Research. Because so many times we listen to people and we take it as gospel. We never go find out if it's actually real. And let me go on. Just one more paragraph. (laughs) Who has ever appointed any man, whoever he may be, as the keeper, the custodian, (laughs) the dispenser of God's illimitable truth? Many indeed are moved, and so are called to be teachers of truth. But the true teacher will never stand as the interpreter of truth for another. The true teacher is the one whose endeavor is to bring the one he teaches to a true knowledge of himself and hence of his own interior powers that he may become his own interpreter. And that's what I want for you. I want you to be open to learn. I may give you information, but you have to test it and try it and research it for yourself to see whether what I'm telling you is true or false or whether you can do it or not do it. He goes on to say, All others are generally speaking those animated by purely personal motives, self-aggrandizement, so self-making, puffing themselves up, right, or personal gain. Moreover, he who would claim to have all truth and the only truth is a bigot, a fool, or a knave. Find your truth. Find and search for the truth. Learn from everyone you can. Do not close yourself off to ideas that may be different from yours. Do not close yourself off from finding your own internal, personal truth. Find that which uplifts you Find that which allows you to live in truth, in harmony, in peace, in love. Thank you for listening today. Please share the link to this show with your friends and family so that they can learn how to be the best that they can be. Visit my website 
at commandingyourlife.com and follow me on Facebook. Have any suggestions for the show? Just contact me by emailing Beverly at commandingyourlife.com. Be sure to join me on the next episode. As you have believed, let it be done to you, and it is so. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.